Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. I'm Who stripping. are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two. Arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. Soda's rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Hold three. The moss-covered, three-handled family redundal. It's me, Austin. It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. Oh, hell, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the pro wrestling mecca of the world in Cleveland, Ohio. I am your dangerously, dashingly, strikingly, sexy, ever-so-smooth-talking, ever-so-amazing host, Nick. And with me, as always, is Matt. Hello, wrestling people. How are you, Matt? Nick, I'm doing... So fantastic. You're doing uh, fantastic? Yeah, and actually, I would like to take this time right now, actually, to tell all the listeners the good news that I received two weeks ago. We got some breaking news. Hold on, let me see if I can do a drum roll. Let me see if this can record here. Two weeks ago... Uh, I was getting ready to go on my honeymoon, and it turns out that I found out my wife is actually pregnant. Congratulations, my brother. Yeah, uh, we're really excited. She's four weeks pregnant right now. She's a month pregnant, and I was actually talking about it with her today, and she had said... She has eight months to go. And I kind of looked at her. I'm like, oh, my God. It's been four weeks. We're literally a month into this now. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure time will probably fly by really, really quick for you. Um, but definitely congratulations. Very happy and excited for you guys. And, you know, I, I really can't wait to seeing young baby Nick Federico running around. Wait, what? <laughs> sorry <laughs> I, i've always been doing this inside joke with matt just you know but no in all seriousness congratulations to you guys and uh hopefully you guys have a huge wrestling fan uh on the way uh, i'm hoping for a boy just so that i could like choke slam him <laughs> powerbomb him what but you know what though the benefit though if you had a girl you could have her do wrestling moves to you, like a little super kick or an elbow drop or something. Yeah, I kind of debated that. It would be cool to have a little girl turn her into a tomboy and, you know, show her wrestling. And, 
she could look up to the stars like Bailey, Charlotte, um, Becky Lynch, Becky Two Belts. Oh, please stop. What, you're not a fan of Becky Two Belts? I cannot stand the t- the phrase Becky Two Belts. Becky Two Belts should not be a phrase at all. Like, it's funny to say, but it's so annoying at the same time. Did you see that promo with Finn Bauer on SmackDown when he was saying he's going to become the Money in the Bank winner and he's going to cash in and hold the Intercontinental belt and the WWE Championship and then he'll be Finn Two Belts? Was it Finn Two Belts or Balor Two Belts? I can't remember which I, one he... I can't remember which one he said, but I mean, either way. Yeah, I, I mean, hey... It, it, it's a possibility. Of course, we're going to have the money in the bank right now. But once again, congratulations to you and Tiffany. Um, I'm like I said, I'm really excited for you guys, and uh, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, baby will be healthy and everything. So, congratulations. Thank you, Uncle Nick. Oh, look at that. Anyway, we have an awesome show for you guys. I want to talk about this new rule that was <laughs> incorporated in Monday Night Raw that we saw on SmackDown that some people are a fan of, some people aren't. Uh, Money in the Bank rundown. And obviously, this is our go-home podcast for Money in the Bank, so we're going to be running down the pay-per-view. Uh, AEW, a little update on them. Some heat on a couple stars in WWE, which is kind of a... Uh, I don't know if this is really a good time to get heat, but nevertheless, we'll talk about that. A big star free agent rumored to going to AEW, but then again in 2019, who isn't rumored to going to AEW? And another superstar who will be returning to WWE. Um, we're going to get into all of that and more. But first, you want to help the show the Gmail's ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Once again, Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Twitter is at ProWPodcast. Once again, at ProWPodcast. The website is prowrestlingpod.blogspot.com. From there, you can find episodes of the podcast, um, interviews, blogs. And speaking of interviews, we actually got the chance to do an interview with the alpha male, Monty Brown, um, from TNA, Briefston, and WWE. Uh, catching up with him, you know, we talked about his football career, his impact career, um, you know, some of his favorites, whose favorites were to work with, things like that. Uh, you can read that interview only on prowrestlingpod.blogspot.com. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Anchor. Whew! That's a mouthful, isn't it? You okay there? You want me to talk a little bit so you can catch your breath, <laughs> maybe get a drink of water? <laughs> okay, I actually was drinking water right when I got done with that. <laughs> <laughs> I have this big, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 30-ounce, give or take, cup in front of me that's just, like, filled to the brim with water. Um, I've been fighting a little bit of a cold, so I've had nothing but water pretty much the past, like, week and a half, so. I got, like, this old Gatorade bottle that I just use strictly for water. I fill it up to the top, put it in the refrigerator... And then, you know, when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm thirsty, I just grab it out, open up the cap, and start drinking out of it. Yeah, well, and, and that's what we actually do when we do the podcast when you're here in person, is that I have a mini-fridge that is a Coca-Cola-branded mini-fridge. I love this thing to death. In it, I 
I would have waters and Gatorades and stuff like that when I have like a late night gaming session. It's so great to have that, especially when you're over here. It gets a lot more use, and I'm putting stuff in there and like because what a lot of people don't know is that after we do the actual podcast, I'm sitting down and um uh uh like transferring the files over from like an MP3 to like an AVI format so I can upload it to YouTube. Or I'm doing stuff before the episode, like putting in stuff through Audacity, like post-production. So I'm actually sitting down for a while. So it's nice to actually have something to drink. Wait a minute, Nick. I heard you mention YouTube. We're on YouTube? We're on YouTube. What's the YouTube address? Oh, don't. I can't even give you that. That's a very long YouTube (laughs) address. Go on. It's on the Twitter page. So just click on it on YouTube. Just click it. Just click it. <laughs> or you could always just bing us, as you would say. Yeah, just bing us. Anyway, so let's hop into the show, shall we? Let's now, do it. Now, one thing, I, I got uh, to kick off with this, because I don't know, I really don't know how, where to begin with this. So, as, I guess, sort of a backstory into the whole thing, essentially, WWE's ratings has been on a very sharp decline. Um, There's been rumors that WWE has been in a bit of a panic mode. Other reports have said, no, it's business as usual. So who really knows what's going on behind the scenes? But, um, however, in an attempt to, quote-unquote, shake things up, uh, I believe it was a week after the Superstar shakeup, Vince McMahon comes out and he initiates what's called a wild card rule in the sense that, I believe three was the number he said. Three superstars from Raw can show up on SmackDown, and three stars from SmackDown can show up on Raw. Now, this is all very confusing, uh, (coughs) because it was originally three. But then when Lars Sullivan showed up on Raw, he was the fourth guy, and Vince changed it to four people. Okay. So, it, it... it, it, to me, it seems a little convoluted because you already have a superstar shakeup, and then right away, you're first off, you're having superstars appear on both brands. You're having Becky Lynch, who's a dual champion, on both brands. Not saying there's anything wrong with that. Just saying you're having these stars go back and forth enough as it is. With that being said, well, first off, A, is there even a reason to have a brand split at this point? Well, it's interesting that you asked that question because everyone knows that SmackDown is headed to Fox. In October, yeah. Right. Well, Fox and NBC Universal, which owns the USA Network, they both have asked the WWE to end the brand split because right. they're afraid that there's not enough star power on either show. And this is kind of like WWE's way of satisfying them, but at the same time doing what they want. It's a very tricky position to be in. I mean, it's you want to listen to obviously the networks that are putting you on TV. I I just I I feel that NBC and Fox I feel like they really shouldn't be getting involved with something like this. Well, I can see why they want to, because it's going on their 
on their cable network. So they want the best possible product available. And so I can kind of understand that part of it. And I can understand WWE saying, well, this is our show. This is how we're running things. Uh, We're not using Fox writers. We're not using NBC Universal writers. We have our own writing staff. So it should be the way how we want to produce it. I will say this, though. How funny was that (laughs) when Vince was describing the wild card rule right afterwards, he said, I'm a genius. I'm so smart. And it it seemed like he was like half trolling the fans with all the fans who say, oh, Vince is old and senile. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Like to me, it was like Vince, like sort of responding to that kind of talk. Oh, definitely. I played right into it because the whole thing started when Roman Reigns just randomly showed up on Raw. And Vince at first was like, well, you can't do that. You're on SmackDown. And then he just stopped and he goes, well, wait a minute. I have an idea. Let's just make this into a wild card role. You're allowed on here now. Do you think that, the more I think about it, do you think that the wild card rule was sort of like a last minute addition to Monday Night Raw? Because it kind of seemed like it was at first all over the place, at least with Vince describing it. No, it was planned, but I think it was planned out to be all over the place like that. Well, it is quite wild. Because, you know, Vince said three people. And then Lars Sullivan showed up, which made four people. Technically, that night, there was five people, if you count Elias. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I just... Cause I don't I, know if I'm a... Oh, go ahead. Because on, on Monday Night Raw, you had um, Roman Reigns appear on there. He had Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, Lars Sullivan, and Elias. That's five people. And then if you watch SmackDown the, fo- the following day, you got to see AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, and Jimmy and Jay Uso, which, you know, I count them as individuals. That's four individuals. But then The Miz also made an appearance. So that's five people. That is true, though. Like, I didn't even think about that. For the wild card rule, will tag teams count as collectively one person or as separate? I... I don't know how that's going to work. Well, going to Tuesday, the count is one, I guess. Or it could be just WWE's way of mocking themselves by saying, oh, it's four people, but then they have like five or six guys on the show. I don't know. that. And look, I'm not really much of a fan of this wild card rule, but like, I mean, like if you're doing it to kind of like appease the networks, it's, it's whatever. I just, I just kind of feel like it needs to be structured a little bit more. If that makes sense. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not a big fan of it, but you know, it, it's to me, it's one of those wait and see kind of scenarios where you just, you might as well just shut up and just see how it plays out. Well, I was thinking about this in a day and age where people are, more likely to pay for a streaming service rather than an actual cable provider. Wouldn't it make sense for the WWE to say, you know what, we're going to take Raw and SmackDown and we're just going to air it on the WWE Network 
we're not going to air it on a cable network. And then they can just do things however they see fit. Yeah, I... Well, and that's another thing that kind of... It's kind of a head-scratcher, really, is that you would think that by now they would have some kind of, like, concrete plan in terms of moving those shows over. But instead, SmackDown is getting Fox, and I'm sure USA probably doesn't want Raw to go anywhere because, in my opinion, I would think Raw is probably one of the highest-rated shows that they have. And I believe that they just signed, like, a new deal with USA Network, so... Monday Night Raw, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It, maybe we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe they'll wait until after those deals. Maybe they'll reevaluate the uh, TV landscape, and maybe they'll throw them on the network eventually. I mean, it would make sense to me. You can even do it to where you still air commercials, and that's why you keep all your... Uh, paid sponsors and plus on top of that you're still charging people just to have the network yeah and and but unfortunately this is where the customers might get screwed over a little bit is because of all of this power that the wwe would have it would i would assume be a lot more easier for them to raise their prices at any given time um, there was talk, I believe we mentioned a couple podcasts ago of WWE coming out with a tiered like package for the network where you pay X amount and you get like a very basic version of it. And then like a middle package where you get some good content and then a high package where it's all good stuff. So maybe that's what they'll reevaluate in a couple years when these deals run out. But for, for the time being, I, I, I don't know if I even want SmackDown on Fox if, if they're going to have like heavy input like that. But at the same time, I like I get why, though. So I think they're in a tricky spot right now. Like they don't want to they don't want to piss off Fox right now. <laughs> but you know what? Everything you just mentioned, Hulu is doing it right now. They have different tier packages. They have it to where you could. Uh, pay more money, you don't get the commercials. If you want to pay less money, you get commercials. Yeah. I mean, that's that's true. I, I don't know. I mean, so are you a fan, going back to the wild card rule, are you a fan of the wild card itself? I don't think we talked about that. No. No. I'm a fan of having the brand split. I'm a fan of there being a pointed authority figure on each show. I'm a fan of them not mixing Raw guys with the SmackDown guys until, like, certain pay-per-views like Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble. Or even WrestleMania, for that matter. Or Money in the Bank. Yeah, which we will be doing a rundown later. So, yeah, I, I agree. I'm not a fan of it, but at the same time, I'm just I'm just willing to, to sit back a little bit and see it all play out, I suppose. Well, we go from talking about one company's TV situation to another. And that would be AEW All Elite Wrestling. Now, as I look up the calendar here, I suppose next podcast, if you want, and this is something we could talk about off air, 
maybe we can do some kind of rundown for Double or Nothing, which will be in two weeks in Las Vegas. Um, if not, maybe I'll do a special YouTube prediction video. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll play it out by ear, I guess. Um, but in the meantime, AEW. Now, this to me is, I, I would say, huge news. But at the same time, I think we kind of seen it coming. And I'll get into that in a minute. But AEW, All Elite Wrestling, it's looking to be a lock that um, sometime this week, there is some kind of like media conference with Turner, who owns TBS, TNT, all the networks that WCW was essentially on in the 90s. And at this conference, it looks like they will be announcing some kind of deal with All Elite Wrestling, um, with a lot of rumors actually saying that it's pretty much a done deal at this point. Uh, we know that AEW essentially since they started, they uh, trademarked the phrase Tuesday Night Dynamite, which led a lot of people to believe, well, Dynamite, TNT, they're going to be on TNT. So it's looking like it's pointing in that direction. The funny thing is, I didn't even put together that connection of TNT and Dynamite until you just mentioned it. Oh, really? (laughs) But how would you like to be Eric Bischoff right now? Why is that? When AOL and Time Warner merged together, they got these higher-up executives who pushed WCW out the door. They didn't want it on their network. And (laughs) that's a big reason why WCW ended up folding. Well, being bought out by Vince McMahon, I should say. Right. And here we are so many years later, and now they're going, you know what? We want wrestling on our station. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm I'm sure there's a part of Eric Bischoff that just wants to go right in, right into the offices of Turner and just choke somebody out. But at the same time, you know, I I think I think it's great for AEW. You know, I really do. Um, the one thing that obviously competition's been missing from WWE for quite a long time. Um, you can, depending on who you ask, they'll say WCW was the last real competition. Some people might say TNA and its heyday was competition. I don't know. Some people may say TNA (laughs) had a heyday. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, yeah. Uh, no comment. So all in all, I think that them getting this TV deal um, which this is a little blurb from the rap.com uh, saying that financial terms of the deal are not expected to be disclosed as AEW is now a publicly traded company. Uh, and when reached a spokeswoman for Turner declined to comment on the story itself. Uh, and a rep for AEW has not responded to the rep's request for a comment. So essentially we're not going to know in terms of, how much Turner's paying AEW, the length of their contract, at least not yet. I'm sure it's going to come out um, maybe even sometime early in the week. Who knows? Or at least like the rumored price for everything. And uh, from what I read, though, there is supposed to be an announcement made on Wednesday, May 15th, which is 10 days before the Double or Nothing event. So should there be an announcement that 
AEW's coming to TNT with uh, Tuesday Night Dynamite, I would expect that uh, come double or nothing, they're really promoting that. Oh, absolutely. Um, A lot of people are expecting it to be going on Turner around the same time SmackDown is going to Fox. Now, granted, they're not going to be on the same day because it looks like SmackDown will be moved to Fridays by then. Um, however, it's still going to be interesting, to to say the least, how things stack up. Um, so, in my opinion, I think wrestling on TV is, is going to be fun again. Oh, yeah, definitely. But if yeah. SmackDown was to stay on Tuesdays, and this is all hypothetical... How good do you think AEW would do compared to SmackDown? I, I'm going to say that I, I think at, at first it would be AEW would be dominating. But I think there's also, but that's like the beginning hype of everything. And then I think after that, it'll, it'll level off. And I think SmackDown. And the ratings might actually be a shade above AEW. I I don't I, I don't know. I mean I don't I don't know if it would really affect WWE's ratings that significantly because you gotta think about things. AEW is really only known in the wrestling community. WWE is you ask any non wrestling fan, hey, hey, name a wrestling promotion. WWE is gonna be the first thing they say. And oh, so, yeah, but that's only because they've been around the longest out of any promotion. And that's exactly <laughs> my point. AEW, it, like, they're going to have a great starting period, but I think their main uh, disadvantage is the fact that the outsider doesn't know who they are. But give them a year or two, and I think they'll be at that mark. Well, this kind of goes with the conversation we had uh, a couple weeks ago on this show about uh, namesake for AEW. Do they have the wrestling star power? Yeah, and I think that they do. Uh, they have a proven veteran with Jericho, a proven indie veteran in Kenny Omega. Uh, the Young Bucks have been on the rise for quite some time, which, fun fact for you, I didn't know this, but Apparently, the Young Bucks wrestled in TNA as the tag team Generation Me. Yeah, they did. I had no idea. And that was during the time I actually watched TNA. <laughs> so <laughs> I I was actually really surprised when I found that out. Um, but yeah, they have them. And they, they signed a whole bunch of indie wrestlers. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Uh, Britt Baker, who is actually the real-life wife to Adam Cole. Bebe. And I, I think that they have a great blend of stars coming right out the gate. Yeah, but like as a non-wrestling fan, you may know Chris Jericho's name. But outside of that, what other names are you going to recognize? Yeah, that's and that's a very fair point. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see exactly how they stack up. Um, wrestling is going to be... Intense. I mean, you're going to have Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night Dynamite, NXT, Thursday, I don't think there's really anything on. 
uh, Friday you're going to have SmackDown, but you're also having New Japan for those who actually get the channel. And I think that's about it. So there's, there's going to be a lot of wrestling to, to watch for whether if you're casual or a diehard. Now, I know it's a little different for us because, you know, we do this show, so we kind of keep an eye out on on everything wrestling. But let's say, hypothetically, we didn't have the podcast. Would you watch at least the first couple episodes of AEW? I think regardless, I'm going to watch the first episode. Well, the, the first few episodes. I'm I'm giving AEW a trial run. Uh, again, regardless if we had the podcast or not. Um, I just... I always love the fact that there could be a different idea creatively for wrestling. And I think Cody has established that with AEW. Um, and I, th- I think that he's taken a couple tricks from his dad's playbook and he's going to implement those ideas. Plus what he's learned since he's been out of WWE. And I think he is going to take AEW two pretty big heights. They're going to have challenges, like I said, but I think that Cody put the right people in his corner for this. If AEW fails at any point, could you potentially see Cody Rhodes back in that WWE ring? I could. Um, but there's good, there's an emphasis on could because... It, it's not like an Eric Bischoff thing to where Bischoff was in WWE like what a year after WCW closed. Like I think Cody, he kind of has this resentment towards WWE because of the whole Stardust gimmick. He never really liked it to begin with. And he's mentioned on previous interviews how, you know, he was always just drained from work in there and he, he really hated it at the end and all this other stuff. And, um, I think Cody, if hypothetically AEW fails, Cody goes back to New Japan, he goes back to Ring of Honor for a little bit, and then maybe WWE picks up the phone. Yeah, that's fair. I could see that. Because I can see him not wanting to go to WWE right away. Now, let's flip the tables a little bit here. Are you going to watch AEW? Are you expecting it to you know, be huge competition right out the gate, or is it something that's going to be slowly built up to be competition? I think it will take time before it's truly competition. Um, one of the things you really have to factor in is it's on a night where there is no WWE programming. Because like we mentioned earlier, SmackDown is moving to Friday nights. Right. So there's nothing on the WWE side on Tuesdays. So just on that alone, it may it may draw pretty good because now, like, I, there oh, is no wrestling on that night. And especially the first couple episodes, there's going to be uh, attention thrown their way. I'm going to try and watch some of it. It's hard for me because I work two jobs as it is right now. And then... When I'm not busy with work, I'm catching up on WWE (laughs) because there's some times where, like with Monday Night Raw, I may watch like half of it on Monday night. And then Tuesday, when I'm at work on my breaks, I'm like 
watching the parts that I missed. <laughs> so it gets kind of challenging sometimes, but right. I, I want to, at the very least, skim through me the first couple episodes. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm happy for them though. You know, I think I think that Cody, I, I think this all kind of like fell in his lap a little bit, right? I mean, really, all in itself, the first, I guess, unofficial AEW pay per view, it was. I don't want to say like an accident or anything, but Dave Meltzer essentially said that an indie event can't sell out a 10,000 person venue. And then Cody basically said, hold my beer. I'm going to do this. <laughs> I was and... actually thinking that same analogy. Here, <laughs> hold my beer. Hold my beer. <laughs> and, and he, he did a great job. I mean, the event sold out um, in record time. He had so much talent who wanted to work the show that he created a battle Royal called over the budget battle Royal. And, Next thing you know, it's this thing where he's filing trademarks. He's getting backing from a billionaire who's invested in the NFL. I mean, it's it's just everything just kind of fell into place. The last real piece that he was missing for a while was Kenny Omega because Omega was still signed with New Japan. He was the New Japan Pro Wrestling Champion. Uh, then he lost the belt at Wrestle Kingdom. And next thing you know he's right into AEW. So it took a little bit for some of the pieces, but I think overall Cody, he's a brilliant mind. He has the backing, the people. I just hope that the, the booking is going to be just as strong as the preparation has been. I think we need to change it up a little bit. Instead of hold my beer, I think Cody Rhodes said, hold my stardust mask. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I, th- I want to talk about this one thing, and then we'll move on. There was um, an interview he did with Chris Van Vliet, who is a reporter out of Miami, worked in Cleveland, a bunch of other places, and he interviews uh, wrestling stars on YouTube. He actually follows and listens to the Pro Wrestling Podcast, believe it or not. And oh, hi, Chris. Yeah, hi, hi, Chris. Um, he did an interview with Cody, and he said that towards the end of his WWE run, when they gave him the Stardust gimmick, he thought it was a joke, and he said, I'm not going to put that trash bag over my face. And then 10 minutes later, he puts that trash bag over his face. <laughs> so um, I just – I always thought that that was funny. And, you know, it, it, it kind of shows that Cody has a lot of pride in his work, which I'm hoping does shine through with AEW. Yeah, I was really surprised when they had him dressed up as Stardust because I thought – Cody Rhodes as an individual was over with the crowd, and I didn't think there was a need to change him into Stardust. No, there wasn't. I mean, I I like the Stardust gimmick personally, but there were a lot of people who did not like the Stardust gimmick. I was one of them. Well, as we slowly change gears, I want to talk about a major free agent who is rumored to be going to AEW and we should have seen this coming. And um, that is John Moxley, AKA the former Dean Ambrose. Um, Essentially he did his uh, shield farewell special on the network. And I think his contract was up like two days later or something like that. And then shortly after that, he changed his Twitter name to John Moxley and he released a video on YouTube 
essentially him preparing in like a ring and stuff like that. And, you know, there was text along the line saying that John Moxley is back or something like that. And it was essentially a hype video. And a lot of people are kind of alluding to the fact now that he may be joining the AEW roster. So there were a lot of like (laughs) hidden stuff in there that you really had to pay attention to. If you notice in the beginning part of the video, he's in a like a jailhouse or an asylum. Dean Ambrose. And he's escaping. Kind of like he's leaving WWE. Um, Another thing was he was like outside running down like a alleyway or something. And there's like a billboard behind him with dice on it. Well, a lot of people are online are saying that the dice, their positions, that the one dice is a two and the other one is a five, which is 25. AEW's uh, Double or Nothing pay-per-view show, it's on May 25th. And the dice for Double or Nothing, which is a phrase used when throwing dice... Right, so everyone's speculating right now that he's going to be at AEW's Double or Nothing. Now, well, first off, I'll ask you this. Obviously, you're going to want John Moxley. I I guess you can't really call him Dean Ambrose anymore. You're going to want him in AEW, but my question to you is, should AEW put him on Double or Nothing, or... Should they wait until they get their TV deal and have him show up on the very first episode? I would say... Because timing is everything in wrestling, and you know that as well as I do. I would say it depends. It depends on when their first Tuesday Night Dynamite show is going to be. If it's something that's in the near future, you put them on Double or Nothing as a way to kind of draw interest and hype for the TNT move. If that TNT move isn't going to happen for quite some time, which I'm hearing that it's not going to happen until the fall, you could hold off and just have him debut on TNT. Nikki there. Hey, Matt, I'm a minute or so in that. What did you just say? We lost you for like a minute or so. Okay. Um, what I was saying was it depends on... <coughs> I was saying it depends on when they're going to have the TNT move. You there? Okay, I'm not going on with Matt's phone there, but hopefully... Um, I, I... 
hopefully he can jump back in without skipping a beat here. Um, as essentially, John Moxley going to AEW is something that uh, is a no-brainer. My question now is, who do you pair up John Moxley with when he comes into AEW? Like, who's his first real rivalry? Because problem is, is that you have Jericho and Omega going at it, which is going to be the huge headliner. But then after that, you don't really have a huge star for John Moxley to work with. Hey, Nick. Yeah. I was thinking you can have him work with Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, that's true, too. I mean, there was uh, some talk of Cody possibly even finding a tag team partner in him, the tag division, because the tag division is something that AEW wants to shine with. But I do agree. I think you might as well pair him up with Cody, at least at first, in terms of uh, feuding. The only problem is Cody Rhodes is supposed to face his brother. At double or nothing. Right, so there is already kind of a feud going on right there. Well, and that's another thing, too, is because uh, I'm assuming they're calling him Dustin Reynolds. Obviously, they can't call him Gold Dust. Um, so do you think that he will sign with AEW, or is this just a one-off? He could sign, but a lot of people are also saying that it could be uh, WWE doing a whole spoof kind of thing. And really, maybe Dean Ambrose, John Moxley is still under contract. I don't buy that for a second. I don't think he's under any kind of contract with WWE. I really do think he's a free agent. Well, it'll be interesting to see when they use him. Because what I was trying to tell you earlier before we had that problem was... Uh, you can have him debut on Double or Nothing if the TNT broadcast is going to be happening soon. They kind of like build interest and hype for it. Right. But from what I'm hearing, that move to TNT isn't going to happen until the fall. So I think it's almost worth it to save him for the first TV show. I, I agree. I think I'd have him on the first TV show. Really get the ratings pumping, you know? Right. Because um, the thing is, if he's on Double or Nothing, it's it's exciting. But at the same time, fans already know by the time the TV deal happens that he's there. But if you put him on that very first show, to me, it's a lot like the whole Lex Luger thing back in WCW. Like, no one knew Lex was going to be there. And the ratings for that first Nitro spiked after that moment. So I think it could be the same thing with Moxley. Yeah, because if he doesn't <laughs> appear on Double or Nothing, people are still going to be going, well, did he sign with them? Is he going to be on that first uh, Tuesday Night Dynamite show? It, yeah. gives them, it gives them a reason to tune in. All right. Well, now switching gears for a second. Um I want to talk about a couple guys who have some heat on them. Uh, the first one to get out of the way is Leo Rush. Um, now, this for anyone who follows dirt sheets or anything like that, this isn't anything new. Leo Rush has been in trouble with WWE before. He made comments a couple years ago, if people remember, about Emma when she got released. 
saying something to the effect on Twitter of, um, it looks like, because Emma's last match in WWE was against Asuka, and he chimed in with a tweet saying something like, I guess Emma wasn't ready for Asuka. And that one tweet had a lot of backlash. Bray Wyatt got involved, and he sent out a cryptic tweet saying something like, uh, don't dance with the don't dance with the wolves unless if you're ready to fight or something like that. Um, he, so he got some heat back then. Now fast forward to about a week ago, he got into even more trouble with uh, the fact that he was, there was a lot of different things, but one was he would have his family there for rehearsals, which was kind of an unwritten no, no in the WWE locker room. Uh, there was a story about him not wanting to carry the bags of the veterans, which a lot of the rookies do have a sign of respect for these veterans and got to the point to where Finn Balor had to pull him aside and tell him all of this. So it's not looking good for Leo Rush. He wasn't on Monday Night Raw with Bobby Lashley. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not I'm a fan of Leo Rush in the ring. He's great. I'm not a fan of him on the mic. And I'm I, I'm not an overall fan of Leo Rush. Um, I'm not saying he needs to be fired or anything. I just needs I just want to say that he needs to really watch his step because he's starting to piss off the wrong people. Yeah, I mean, he has to watch how he reacts to certain things because there are, there is talk that they may send him back down to NXT and. I kind of believe that if that's the case, that could eventually lead to a potential release. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe that's something that he needs as, like, a wake-up call. Um, he also made comments about his pay. I guess right now it's $300,000 a year, and he thinks he should be making double that. He he actually said that that's not a livable wage. So so Leo Rush said double or nothing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, um, like like you said, he's always bringing his wife with him on the road, uh, which you know wrestlers will bring their significant other with them from time to time, but they don't bring them all year round like how Leo Rush does. And I guess he's also always traveling in first class. And so a lot of people are going, well, you just said $300,000 is an unlivable wage, but here you are doing all these things. And uh, you did mention the Emma comments, and uh, a lot of people say that he didn't get released back then because he quickly apologized for it. It's getting to the point, though, to where it's starting to be overbearing. Um, there's there's a fine line between pissing off the boys in the back and then starting to piss off the fans on top of it. And Leo is really starting to cross that line. And I, I he needs a wake-up call. And if that's sending him down to NXT, then I'm all for it. <laughs> I mean, he does have talent to him. There's no question about that. He's good in the ring. Mm-hmm. But your arrogance backstage will dead end a push in a heartbeat. We've seen it a million times before, and this is nothing new. Right. And the thing about Leo Rush right now is he's not a 
big enough name right now to where it's going to hurt them having to punish them in a certain way like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, I think that at the end of the day, if you're Leo Rush and you have a brain, shut up, pick up those bags, and not bring your wife on the road so much. I mean, you, you need to play ball, you know? It, it's just like any other job. There are aspects of it that you're not going to like. Yeah, it's some of those things that are unwritten rules, but at the same time, you should probably follow those. We've heard stories about wrestlers being taken to quote-unquote wrestler's court before where the Undertaker was the appointed judge and he essentially was the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, messenger. If, if anything got that bad, he would take it to Vince. If not, then he would punish these superstars who were in question. And it, it's, those kind of unwritten rules I think still apply today. Not that it's in the same vein, but you should still follow those unwritten rules. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can kind of defend Leo Rush on is probably the carrying of the bags. I think that's something that's kind of dumb. I mean, think about it. When you first started your job, which actually you just recently started a new job. Uh, about I mean, a month and a half ago, yeah. Yeah, they don't make you carry anyone's stuff around. I mean, that's kind of dumb in my opinion. But no, again, but... Wrestling does have like its own set of rules, though, for exactly. when they're off camera. Yeah. I mean... Just do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what to tell him. I mean, if because the thing is, him not carrying those bags has gotten him to. <clears throat> I apologize for the coughing. Like I said, I'm getting over a, a cold. But um, him not carrying those bags has generated this much heat already. If he was to just carry the bags, he wouldn't have this heat on him to begin with. So I just think it, it would just be wise just to do it. And then in a few years, you could tell another rookie to carry your bags. Yeah, all you really got to do is hang in there for a couple years, and then you're not really seen as the rookie. And then you could boss around the next Leo Rush, telling him, hey, yep. carry my bags, do this, do that. Yeah, so, I mean, hopefully he wises up. But in the meantime, we got to talk about another superstar that has heat on him, and that is Lars Sullivan. Um, and this one this... I actually don't know about. You're kind of, you mentioned it to me off air, and I'm like, just save it for the show. I want my reaction to be kind of genuine. Yeah, so we, uh, f- first off, I want to go on record by saying that we are not, going to be reading some of his comments um, because they are very uh, graphic comments that honestly for a PG show like this is that it it, I, I can't read a lot of the comments that he made but basically what happened was a reddit user found old and I don't know what people are doing with their spare time to actually find this stuff but nevertheless a reddit user uh, I guess was playing around on a website called bodybuilding.com and they have a forum page and found posts from Lars Sullivan dating back to as early as 2011 where uh, he would be commenting on 
people who didn't agree with the stuff he was saying and citing racist remarks, <coughs> self-harm to other people, um, a lot of stuff that if you're a WWE's PR department, it's going to be looked at as a nightmare. We'll leave it at that. Um, and again, I don't know what people are doing with their lives to actually find this stuff, but Lars didn't deny it. Lars came out and he delivered uh, some kind of apology, which I am trying to find. And I, of course, will not be able to find it right now. But nevertheless, a fan on Twitter, uh, because, again, a lot of the remarks he made were racial remarks, uh, told Big E on Twitter, are you aware of the racist blank that you're going to have to work with? And he... Uh, tagged the link of all of the, the comments that this writer found and sent to Big E. And Big E responded, many are aware. If this is true, he has to bear the albatross of being a bigot and working in a company that is now filled with minorities. And WWE um, released a, well, this says released a statement on behalf of Miley. I don't know who Miley is. Um, but WWE is taking the stance right now that they're hoping that all of these remarks and all the talk will eventually die down. Uh, Lars did apologize. So he clearly knows what he said was wrong. Again, him apologizing, however, unfortunately for him, does not negate the fact that he made these comments. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like those are pretty bad comments. And there's and, one, not, not to interrupt you, Matt, but there is one he made regarding Stephanie McMahon. Again, this was before he got hired with WWE. That, And this is as far as I'm willing to go with these comments. But he made a joke about sexually assaulting Stephanie McMahon. Wow. I mean, boss's daughter, you don't really want to do that. And WWE is taking the stance that they're just hoping it dies down. Meanwhile, sponsors of WWE, namely Mars, who owns uh, Three Musketeers, M&M's, candies like that, have said that they will be in a discussion with WWE regarding the situation. It sounds like uh, he could be in some trouble with that. I mean, he's just debuted on the main roster not too long ago. So any negative uh, publicity... It's not going to be good for him. It could delay any type of push they have in mind for him, which it seems like they were kind of going with with him coming out and basically destroying everybody that got in his way. I, I'm just I'm I'm speechless. I, I like I, I can't believe this stuff still happens. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of racism that still kind of exists today. And. It's just surprising that it does exist because we've grown as a society in so many different ways, but yet there's still those little things that we can't escape. We can't escape the racism that still exists. Um, there's still equality problems that still exist. Uh, you know, people fight over stupid things, race, religion, and so on. And I think WWE is kind of 
I don't know. I guess they're in this position of, well, it happened before he worked here. And I'm not sure if I agree with that. I mean, again, it's the boss's daughter and you're making remarks about her. I mean, you can't tell me that's not going to be awkward when you're sitting next to her in a creative meeting. Real quick, I think I kind of found that apology, but it's kind of weird. Because he used... um, Let me read this real quick. Uh, We have not seen or heard anything from Sullivan since until now. The former NXT star used his William Christensen social media character, which I've never heard of. I never heard of either. But he used that character to give fans an update on his status. And he wrote, there has been a lot of speculation. And this is all on at Lars WWE on Twitter. Okay. Um, it says on there, there has been a lot of speculation about Lars recently. It's true. He went missing several weeks ago, and I was just able to contact him this morning. Lars wants everyone to know he's in a good place, and he is sorry to everyone he's disappointed. Oh, I know what that is. That is not for uh, um, the apology. That was actually for a couple months ago. He had a a severe panic attack before he was supposed to debut on the roster. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why it seems like it's off, is because that's actually something completely different. Um. He he did make an apology. I thought it was on his Twitter. I, I don't know exactly where I saw it. Um, a lot of fans thought it came off more as like a half-assed, um, corporate-fueled apology as opposed to a genuine apology from Lars. And, again, I really wish I could find it. Apparently, I can't find it anywhere for some reason. But Well, really, once you think about it, once this whole thing went public, of course the company's going to make him apologize i mean there's no you know uh genuine apology it's WWE saying hey apologize for this you're making us look right which can't really blame them (laughs) you know i mean this isn't that's not going to be good territory for him you gotta kind of wonder it's not really like he's saying i'm sorry it's more like he's saying i'm sorry i got caught Right, exactly. I mean, it's not a good position for him to be in. So, I mean, hopefully this all gets sorted out. Um, You never wish anyone to lose their job. Um, But sometimes I think circumstances kind of call for it. And if I was WWE, I think I would seriously consider releasing him. See, I don't think I would release him. I think I would kind of put him in the same boat as Leo Rush. I think I would send both of them back down to NXT. And even, as... one, even once I send them down to NXT, I don't think like I push them or anything like that. I think I have them lose uh, their first few matches just to kind of like send a message. Right. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes, see how it plays out, and uh, you know, I mean, I, again, I. I, I don't wish bad things on anybody, but you know we'll just see how that plays out. In the meantime, we have a superstar briefly, I guess, returning to WWE, and that is the tired act of Goldberg. Yes, I said it because I 
do not like Goldberg in the slightest. I, I um, think you mean. Being... I think you mean Goldberg. Goldberg. That was. Can I just say when he was in that feud with Lesnar, that was one of the very few times I was genuinely excited for Lesnar to suplex someone a million times. So you're also not a Lesnar fan. I was when he first came back in 2011, but anymore it's the same tired act. And I agree with a lot of people. He should not be a champion, but that feud with Goldberg really reignited my love for for Lesnar for a brief period. See, I got to disagree, and I apologize because I know that we're supposed to be talking about Goldberg, but Lesnar, I think he's great. Like, I enjoy seeing Lesnar the few times he's on TV, and I think that's one of the reasons why they do it is that there's more interest in around Brock Lesnar. See, I don't know. I mean, I get the vibe that a lot of people just don't like Lesnar, period. Um, I, I did write a blog, which you can find at com a while back about five ways Brock Lesnar has destroyed the main event scene. Um, again, you can check that at com. But I think that he, at one point, legitimately single-handedly destroyed the main event scene for WWE because he was just lining people up, knocking everyone down, squashing them, and it was so just mind-numbingly awful. Um, However, that being said, I would rather have Lesnar as a champion than Goldberg because I feel like Goldberg coming in doing two moves as opposed to Lesnar's, like, three moves and Goldberg's in and out within a minute to where Lesnar could actually go 20. It's, to me, it's the lesser of two evils, and for me, that would be Lesnar. Yeah, but mate, you love seeing Lesnar squash John Cena. Oh, no, that was terrific. <laughs> but for me, it's it's few and far in between with Lesnar. Um, anyway, regardless, Goldberg uh, looks to be headed to uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia for WWE's next overseas controversial show. Um which I can't have they have they came up with a name for that yet? Because I haven't seen. I, I was actually just going to say, I don't think they have. Um, let me Google that real quick, though. Um, <laughs> Bing. OK, I don't use Bing. It, it's always been Google. I, I just because we're on a different platform, we're still on a Google streaming service. It's, no, it's Bing. <laughs> Um, I don't think that they have a name for it yet. Hmm. I'm not seeing one as I Google Bill Goldberg. Greatest Survivor Series, then? I mean, they already did the Greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah. yeah. Is that when it is, though? Is it in November? I have no idea when it is. Um, all I know is that... They've contacted Goldberg about appearing on the event, uh, wrestling a match, and he has agreed to it. It's going to just be a one-off, though. It's not like Goldberg's under contract with them. Right. Uh, if he is under contract, I'm sure it's like a Legends deal. Yeah. 
It wouldn't surprise me at this point. Yeah. So now I told you to save this for me uh, while we're on the air because I don't know this. Who is his rumored opponent? So spoiler alert for anyone who cares because there's a lot of disinterest in these Saudi shows. But spoiler alert for anyone who does want to watch. Who is his rumored opponent? I know this could always change and I've only heard this one name. Um, before I give it to you, though, would you like to try and take a guess as to who you think it's going to be? Um, well, I have a couple names. And I think the safe pick would be Lesnar. Um, but I think, I think WWE's kind of ran its course with that, so... I wouldn't mind seeing him face Kevin Owens just for the fact that Kevin did lose his title to Goldberg. Um, so I think you could build something off of that for a one-off. Um, outside of that, I wouldn't mind him seeing The Undertaker, you know, like in a WWE, WCW mashup kind of thing. Um, but those are my picks, I'll say. Now, none of those picks are correct. However, though, I do got to give you praise for the Goldberg-Undertaker fantasy matchup. That would be pretty interesting to see, even though, you know, they're both not in their prime. They're older people now. It would be a very short match. To see. Like, Undertaker's entrance alone would be way longer than the match. Yeah, but I don't see it being like a normal Goldberg squash match because it's the Undertaker. And yeah. I don't see the Undertaker squashing Bill Goldberg. But uh, and yeah, that's that's very fair, actually. In, in any case, though, the rumored name that I've been hearing. So uh, once again, spoiler alert. Uh, is Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley. I mean, he has ah. a, he has an MMA background. He's a natural athlete, like Bill Goldberg, who used to play football. I mean, he's a natural athlete, I guess, back in the day, anyways. Back in the day. See, I, I don't know if I like that, and, and here's why. Is that Goldberg is at a point now to where, and and this is, I'm not trying to slam him when I say this. This, this is the honest truth. Goldberg can't wrestle more than two minutes in a match. We've seen that. Every single match in WWE he's had, someone actually calculated the times. It was a total of like 12 minutes or something like that. So Goldberg cannot wrestle in a match anymore. And with that being said, I think you really need to have someone who can put him over. And my really only pick for someone who could actually put him over Unfortunately, this person can't do it, and that would be Seth Rollins. Seth, I, he can't because he's the universal champion. But I think a guy like that or maybe an AJ Styles even, someone who can make Goldberg look good and the match halfway decent, that's someone who they need. I don't think Lashley is there. I don't think he could do that. My problem, it's similar to yours. You saying Goldberg can't wrestle. Um, my problem with him is he injures too many people. 
which happens when you don't know how to wrestle. Exactly. Uh, if you don't believe me, just ask Bret Hart. Yep. So you're going to take someone like Bobby Lashley, who I don't know how his contract is set up. Meaning, I don't know if WWE is allowing Bobby Lashley to compete for Bellator MMA, which I know Impact Wrestling used to let him do. But you're going to take the chance of injuring someone like that? Someone who, I guess you can't really make the argument that Bobby Lashley's green anymore, because that used to be something. To say about Lashley was he wasn't technically sound, but his wrestling has improved a lot. It has. It, it it has. I still don't think Bobby Lashley understands how to properly get a reaction out of the crowd. Because when he first turned heel, <clears throat> he was just wearing sunglasses <laughs> and flexing. Like to me, there's nothing heel about it. It just came off as just weird. Yeah, but I think that's also WWE not letting him have control of his character. That's that's true. Because, like, when he was an Impact, he was a heel back then. And he did okay on the mic. He wasn't the greatest, but he did okay. In WWE, you haven't really seen him with the mic in his hand. When he was doing all that flexing stuff, he had Leo Rush to talk for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... WWE is kind of missing a mark with Lashley in general because I feel like like a Lesnar, you know, or a Rousey, he, he can be a very cross-promotional athlete. Which is and, why if I was the WWE during the brand split, the superstar shakeup rather, I would have put Lashley over on SmackDown and I would have built him up to be like a Brock Lesnar. I would have had him just dominating everybody in his way. Like an in-house Brock Lesnar. Exactly. Someone that's going to be there every week. Yeah, and I I totally agree with that. I don't know why they never did anything like that with him. Because I think there's more money to be made there than what they've done with him and calling him the Almighty. You could still call him the Almighty. (laughs) That would kind of help his character. But... You could even still continue giving him a mouthpiece, whether that's Leo Rush or some other guy you want to bring in. All right, so real quick before we move on, yay or nay if it is Lashley? Mm, I know we kind of sat here and criticized it, but at the same time, I think I would kind of look forward to see how Lashley would do up against someone like Goldberg. Really? Because this could be a make-or-break situation career-wise for Bobby Lashley. Like, if you really, really want Lashley to get over, you would have him win, wouldn't you? Yeah, but thing is, how would Goldberg feel about that? Because there's always been rumors about Goldberg not wanting to put people over, dating back to WCW, where he didn't want to put Chris Jericho over. That is true. Which would make it even more interesting. I mean, does Goldberg cave and lay down for Lashley? Or do they kind of like 
Bear, I guess I don't really want to see Barry Lashley, but it would be a setback in my opinion. It would be. I mean, you don't want to do like a schmaz finish to where they're they it's a DQ or anything like that. You know, I, I mean, I just I, I don't know. Like, and this is why I have such a bad reaction to the match is that there's no real good possible scenario for it. it to me, it, it's kind of a lose-lose case. How about this as a name for someone to face Goldberg? Rusev. I would like that because Rusev is already damaged as it is. So I think WWE would have to tell Rusev, all right, let this guy beat you. But then afterwards, you know, maybe we'll give you a, a decent title push or, you know, something. Um, yeah, make like, you no know, bargain with Rusev. You know, if you do this for us, here's what we'll do for you. Right. And, and actually follow through with it. Don't make it an empty promise. I mean, Rusev and Nakamura both are struggling, to say the least. And I think that if 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 Rusev was the opponent for Goldberg, I you do need to give him something in return. I mean, last year you had Rusev face the Undertaker in a casket match, and everyone knew there's no way Rusev was going to beat the Undertaker in a casket match. Right. This would be a very similar situation to where no one's going to expect Rusev to beat Bill Goldberg. Yeah, but you know, I, but you know what? You're going to tune in anyways and watch it. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, you know, WWE cashes in and on nostalgia all the time, and rightfully so. You know, um, Goldberg uh, bringing the Hardys back, even when they relaunched ECW and all the different things that came with that. So they have a history of doing it. So I say kudos to Goldberg. He's getting a huge paycheck. You know, despite the public perception of these Saudi shows, but I think uh, you know, it, it, you need to have a decent opponent who who can afford a loss. And I'm just I'm not sure if Lashley is that guy. So my overall opinion is I'm I don't think I'm going to be a huge fan of that. But yeah, that's, that's fair. Now, moving on is. Sorry, I uh, got some stuck in my throat. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, we are going to be talking about the Money in the Bank show. This is obviously our go-home edition. But first, this Money in the Bank rundown is sponsored by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV has the top promotions and celebrities in the pro wrestling world, offering events, shoots, and other related content available for the first time in a single massive location that can be watched on smartphones, computers, and connected TVs. Power Slam TV showcases premium pro wrestling content from countries all over the world. Use the promo code ProWrestlingPod, all one word, ProWrestlingPod, for a month free on us. Visit PowerSlam.tv for more info. So, we have 10 matches on the card for Money in the Bank. Obviously, we're a week out. Who knows? There could be matches added. As I'm looking at the list, there are no pre-show matches announced yet. I'm sure that will change. But anyway, we are going to start. This is all from Wikipedia, of course. So we're going to start from the bottom to the top. And that would be at number 10, which is Tony Nese defending his newly won Cruiserweight Championship against Arya Davari. Um, 
we saw Nice win the the title at WrestleMania uh, in a feel good dream come true kind of storyline, and I rewatched uh, parts of that match he had and with Buddy Murphy and. From what I saw, it was a really good match. And it made me have a newfound respect for Tony Nese. Now, am I going to watch 205 Live? No. But I will be paying attention more to these Cruiserweight matches on pay-per-views. And I, I think that, with that being said, Tony's not dropping that title. He he just won it. Um, it's far too fresh for him to lose it. So you're going to go with Tony Nese. Yep. Um, you know what? I'm probably going to do the same thing. Pretty much all the same reasons you said. Yeah, I, I I just don't see a reason for him to lose it. Uh, number nine would be Samoa Joe defending his United States Championship against Rey Mysterio. We've seen Joe kind of like stalking Dominic, who is Rey Mysterio's real-life son. Um, to me, I, I really like this feud a lot, actually. Um I, I love how Joe is like this new like stalker esque character. Um, to me, it, it I love the transition he's made in WWE to where he's a lot more crazy, but at the same time, it's still the same Samoa Joe that we are accustomed to seeing. Um, I I want to say Ray is going to win, but something tells me that Dominic is going to try to get involved somehow, and. Joe is going to go over towards Dominic. Ray is going to then try to smack Samoa Joe down. And then that just irritates Joe. He puts him in a coquina clutch and he retains his United States title. So you're going to go with Samoa Joe? Yeah. I'm actually going to go with uh, Ray Mysterio. It, it just seems like uh, Joe has been getting the better of Ray Mysterio lately. Even going back to WrestleMania, he he lost to Samoa Joe in just a couple minutes. I forget what the actual time on that was. And like you said, Rey Mysterio, he's going to have his son Dominic with him. It could be that Dominic does get involved and you know helps Rey Mysterio out. I'm not going to say Rey Mysterio is going to win the title because it could be like a DQ kind of victory. Okay, so... Who are you going with? Rey Mysterio. Okay. So, Rey wins, but you're not sure if that means the title's coming with him. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so, next up is match number eight, which would be Kofi Kingston defending his WWE title against KO. Now, I, I don't know how I feel about this. There's... A part of me that thinks Kofi will retain, but another part of me thinks Kevin Owens is going to win the WWE Championship. Um, this feud's been pretty good as well. Um, I can't say it hasn't. I think that it seems to me, and I'd have to go back and really think about it, but I believe Kofi has kind of been getting a lot of one-ups on Kevin Owens um, outside of Kevin Owens turning on the New Day, obviously. Um so I, I'm going to have to just go with my gut and say the title's going to change hands. I think Kofi is going to lose this title. And I hate saying that, but they've put him in a couple championship matches already outside of WrestleMania, which kind of makes me believe that they're foreshadowing him losing the title to KO. 
Yeah, I actually feel the same exact way. I'm going to pick Kevin Owens because I've always kind of felt like Kofi. It's going to sound mean, but I'm on Kevin Owens' side. I don't think Kofi is championship. Oh. Yeah, I know. Unpopular <laughs> take. I'm the bad guy. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I hate it. I love Kofi as champion. But, again, at every time we do these rundowns, I tend to go with my gut. And that that's Tommy KO. Um, number seven, The Miz versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match in a feud that I think should just be dead already. Um, but with that being said, I think The Miz is going to win, uh, considering he lost at WrestleMania, which was a shock. So I, I don't see much reason for Shane winning this. Yeah, I see the Miz winning this because you, know, you look at the past couple of weeks, it seems like Shane's been getting the better of the Miz. Uh, even when the Miz tries to do a sneak attack, somehow it works against him and Shane McMahon escapes. So I, I think the Miz is going to win. Number six is Becky Lynch defending her SmackDown Women's title one of two matches against Charlotte Flair. Um Okay, I'm I'm very conflicted with Becky Lynch and her matches. Um, I I in a weird way I can see both of her matches going either way. However, I do think she's going to lose at least one belt, and I think her losing to Charlotte. I don't think that that's going to hurt her because they've been kind of pushing her and Lacey. I think a little bit more than her and Charlotte, which makes me believe Charlotte is going to win. The woman's title for, I think, a ninth time, I want to say. Yeah. Maybe ten. Okay. So, yeah, I think this is going to be the one belt she does lose. And then she can be Becky one belt. Well, I'm going to pick Becky two belts. (laughs) However, I do agree she's going to lose a belt. But it's not going to be the way you think. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I already know your pick for the other one, then. And I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on it when we get to it. You just want to get to it now? Um, no, let's let's save it, because with me, I'm going to get confused looking at this card if I start jumping out of order. But, okay, I mean, if that's how you feel, I mean, I, you know, at least we're in the same boat that one belt will change. Um... Number five, Roman Reigns versus Elias in a singles match. I don't think this match is going to be a long match. I kind of think it's going to be a little bit of a squash with Roman winning. Um, But I will say that there will be a post-match beatdown courtesy of Elias, extending their feud into the summer a little bit more. Um, Yeah, I think I'm more comfortable with Roman winning this. I think this is going to be that one match that throws everyone off, and I'm going to pick Elias. Okay. This one's up in the air, I think. Yeah, it could be up in the air. All right, number four, which would be Natalia versus Dana Brooke versus Naomi versus Alexa Bliss versus Bailey versus Mandy Rose versus Amber Moon versus Carmella in a Money in the Bank ladder match for the women's contract um i i don't know 
how I feel about this because I can make a case for essentially almost every single one of these competitors. Um, and I actually will go out on a limb and say that the women's money in the bank match might even steal the whole show. Um, I think that if anyone wins it, I think you'll either, I have three names <laughs> that I think could win this. And that's Alexa bliss, Mandy Rose or Ember moon. And I think out of all three of them, if I really had to narrow it down, I'm going to go with Alexa bliss. I think that she already has won it before, but I think that WWE hasn't even really used her a whole lot since she's been cleared, which I, I can't understand why. And then all of a sudden you're throwing her in a high profile match. But I think that Alexa winning could be the start of her finally getting back on TV in terms of a wrestling role. You know, I can, I'm in a similar boat with you. I had like three names picked out and I think my names were, uh, Alexa bliss, Bailey, or who I'm viewing as the dark horse to win it. Ember moon. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I was going to pick Alexa Bliss, but something tells me go with the surprise uh, winner. So I'm going to actually pick Ember Moon. Now, I think a case could be made, because you also said Bailey. I think a case could be made for her, given everything that kind of happened with Sasha Banks and kind of ruining Bailey's momentum a little bit. That's possible, but... The only thing with Bailey is, with everything with hap- that happened with Sasha, it could be a way of punishing her and not letting her win. Yeah, that's true too. Well, and before we go any further, is there a match on the card, just out of curiosity, that you think will steal the show? Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Okay, that's a good pick. Uh, the men's Money in the Bank match for, of course, a championship contract Braun Strowman versus Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin versus Ali versus Finn Balor versus Andrade versus Randy Orton now I will say this much I don't know if I'm really looking forward to this match I I I just I don't know how well these guys are gonna do in a ladder match but again I always tend to go with my gut my gut is telling me Finn Balor is going to win the Money in the Bank contract for the men. Okay, well, I'm going to go with my gut on this one. And I'm going to pick Drew McIntyre. That is another pick I was thinking of. Because, I mean, to me, I think right now, Drew's really getting a lot of momentum going. I, I think it would make sense. So I, I don't blame you. Well, the last few men's Money in the Bank winners... They've been bust. I mean, Baron Corbin, he failed when he cashed in. Braun Strowman, he failed when he cashed in. I think this time around, they're going to go as somebody who's cashed in will result in a championship win. And of all those names in there, I just feel like McIntyre is the most likely. Okay. Number two, which you said would steal the show, and I don't blame you. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles for Seth's Universal Championship. Um, I I think there's a lot more story to tell between these two. And with that being said, I'm going to say Seth. 
However, I also see AJ winning. Um, but I'm, my official pick is going to be Seth. I think it, it's a it's a lot like the uh, Tony Nese thing where he just won the title. So it just it, to me, it just doesn't make sense to actually take the belt off and make it feel organic in any way. And I, yeah, I really do hope that they extend their feud somehow to, uh, you know, maybe like another month or so. But we'll see. So Seth is my pick. I'm going to pick Seth Rollins as well. Uh, I think if this feud had more time, I could make a case for AJ Styles winning. But I think it was put together a little too quickly. So I'm going to go with Seth Rollins. All right. Now, the last match on the card, Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Championship. My uh, pick for this one, I think it is a very easy pick, and that would be Alexa Bliss cashing in her Women's Money in the Bank and beating both women to become the Raw Women's Champion. Um, I, I think that we will see at least one cash in during the night, and I really do feel like it's going to be whoever wins the Women's Money in the Bank. And... I, I, I'm a huge fan of that, and I think that can only really set something up for a triple threat match down the line between Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, and Lacey Evans. Okay, well, I'm going to say Becky Lynch wins the belt, and then the cash-in happens, and then it'll be Ember Moon. Okay. Because I don't think, I think whoever cashes in, they're not going to do it at like the beginning of the match and add themselves to it. I think it makes more sense for them to wait for the match to be over before they cash in. I kind of disagree with your reasoning a little bit because if it is Ember Moon, someone who is a face and someone who, again, they need to rebuild a little bit, I think you need to make her come off as a little bit more of a badass have her cash in right before the match is starting. Like, you know, the the both Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch are about to square off. Next thing you know, um, the announcer says, ladies and gentlemen, I've just been informed this match is now a triple threat. Out comes Ember Moon holding that briefcase with pride. She cashes in, triple threat match. I think that could do a lot more for her than her just jumping in. Well, you said it yourself they need a rebuilder how do you rebuild someone you turn them into a, a heel and you wait till after the match to where all right like uh originally i said becky lynch becky lynch had already wrestled one other time that night and then she's going to get done with this match so then she's at her most vulnerable because she just got done wrestling twice so then you have ember moon come out attack her, and cash in and win the belt. Okay, so let me... And obviously, this is what I love about the Money in the Bank contract. There's so many different scenarios you could throw out there. What if... And and this will be my final thoughts. What if we see Becky Lynch versus Charlotte, and then Ember Moon cashes in then? Because she is technically a SmackDown uh, competitor. That's true. Um... The only thing is, when you win that contract, some years they say 
if a Raw superstar wins, they can challenge for the Raw championship. If a SmackDown guy wins, he can challenge for the SmackDown championship. And then there's years where they say, whoever wins a Money in the Bank briefcase wins a championship match of their choosing. Yeah, so there's always a gray area with it. But, I don't know, at least we're in the same boat, right? That one... Money in the bank will be cashed in. Watch with our luck, it'll be the men's. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about that because <laughs> it could actually be the men's. Yeah, I, I, mean, I wouldn't be disappointed. Like I said, they kind of threw together the Rollins AJ Styles match. Yeah, I mean, McIntyre already has that built up history with Seth Rollins. What if Seth Rollins wins and then they have like Drew McIntyre come out and cash in on, on Rollins and wins the belt? Well, one thing is for sure. Anything is going to happen at Money in the Bank, which is why I love the pay-per-view as a whole. It's definitely one of my favorites. So, how are you feeling, Matt? Pretty good. Yeah, got a lot off our chest as I'm looking at the time. It's been an hour and a half. And I just want to say I love the fact that we don't have a time limit. It feels nice not having to rush through everything. Yeah, and actually talking everything out. Well, if you want to help the show, the Gmail is ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Once again, Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. The Twitter page is at ProWPodcast. Once again, at ProWPodcast. ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com. Right there you can find interviews, the actual podcast, and, of course, our latest interview, which is with the alpha male, Monty Brown. We'll give him a huge shout-out. You can follow him on Twitter at the Monty Brown, and we're available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Anchor. My name is Nick. My name is Matt. We'll see you guys next time. Goldberg. Goldberg. Gilberg. Gilberg. <laughs> time has arrived. We are broadcasting raw live from my. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. (laughs) That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest ass. The big man is back. Jim Ross. 350 pounds here. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. 30 men will enter my ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at the butt, JR. What? <laughs>